Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Podcast, April 24th, 2016. Hey, what up? Welcome to the FC Podcast. I'm Bobby. Thanks for stopping by. Before the message, let me fill you in on what's happening right now at Foundations Church. So, moms, dads, are you feeling tired? Maybe a little burned out? Well, here's your opportunity to have our students take care of your little bundles of joys. You can have a night to yourselves. Parents' Night Out is May 6th from 6 to 9 p.m. and it's $15 per child. It's a fundraiser to help get all our students to camp this summer so you can ditch your ki- I mean, find a responsible babysitter and contribute to a good cause. Remember, Mother's Day is May 8th. Come join us for a special service on a special day. Also, The Plunge is May 15th. The Plunge is our baptism service, and if you'd like to participate in this immensely important sacrament with us, be sure to sign up online at foundationschurch.tv to take the plunge yourself. On another note, is there anything else you'd like to hear on the Foundation Podcast? I'm committed to making this broadcast as helpful as possible each week, so if there's anything else you'd like to hear, let us know at foundationschurch.tv and I'll see what I can do. Anyway, our new sermon series, The B Team, will start next week, but for now, here's Pastor Justin Graves wrapping up the Timothy Project. This Sunday, hey, before they get off stage, today is Shannon Dalrymple's birthday, so everybody give him some love, show him some love. I know you love that, buddy, right there. Yeah, I know you love that. Come back, please. Um, But it's good to see everybody here today. We have an awesome day uh, in store for you. A couple of things I want to get to real quick for all our men, real, real, real fast. Um, We did a study the beginning of this year in January for men uh, called Men's Discipleship. I know, FC Men Discipleship. Really, really fancy name. And uh, we are going to do a two-week study, May 10th and May 17th. That's Tuesday night. It's only two weeks long. It's like an hour and a half to two hours. Give me two Tuesday nights, man. You may not have gone through our ones previously. I'm telling you, two Tuesday nights. You can give me two Tuesday nights, right? Um, And it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be incredible. It's gonna be May 10th and May 17th on Tuesday nights. Here, we'll give you some more details in the following weeks, but I wanna make sure that you guys have that, that you're planning that, and you're gonna be here for it. Um, And then also, we are starting a new series starting next week called The B Team, The B Team. And I wanna explain what The B Team is, is that most of us growing up, going to church, we heard about a lot of people, and maybe you haven't grown up in church, but you're here today, and you're like, man, I I don't, I don't know a whole lot of characters in the Bible. I know Jesus is kind of a big deal, and there's that Paul guy, and Moses did some stuff, and Noah had the big boat, and all that stuff. Um, but we're gonna go a little bit deeper into the Bible, and we're gonna talk about characters that you and I maybe haven't 
really studied, um, that kind of just characters that are kind of like shadow people in the Bible, you know what I'm saying, that we don't ever hear about. And so next week, I'm planning on, and this can always change, but next week I'm planning on talking about King Uzziah in the Old Testament, and we're going to try to pick some different people that some of us, maybe we've never heard, but man, we can learn a lot from their life. Um, and that's going to be happening next week, so make sure you invite your friends as we talk a lot about a lot about pride next week, because um, sometimes you're never closer than falling in, until you are in your biggest successes. So anyways, we're going to be talking about that. But today we are um, covering our last week of the Timothy Project, and this has been one of my favorite series that we have done. Um, Timothy's name simply means this, one who honors God, and that is our goal, to live lives that are honoring God. And so this morning, I know, I know this is our second service I know that some of us are still sleepy, but I need you to preach with me this morning. Uh, be with me today, because I'm ready to go. This is a, I, I am ready to preach this message. So um, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 12 through 15, this is going to be our text all the way through the message. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12 through 15 says this, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourselves wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. And today I want to go back to the very first verse, if we can put it back up, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, that says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Now, here's what I would say is that whenever I got a Bible given to me by my grandparents, they always put 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12 in there. And I would I'd look it up and I'd be like, so the way I took it was don't do anything stupid. You know, don't be a moron, Justin. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are stupid is what I kind of read. I was like, okay, I get it, Grandpa. That's a nice kind of backwards like diss on me. Um, and, and, and this was always in there, um, but set an example you know, for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, teenager, yeah, I get it. As, I, as we were reading through the books this past month, First and Second Timothy, this just popped off, uh, off like from the scriptures to me and just like, boom, this is what Paul is saying to, Tim to Timothy. This is, this is the big underlying theme that Paul is saying out of 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, and it's our first point. He, what Paul is saying is don't allow other people's perception of you become your reality. Don't allow other people's perception of you become your reality. Let me say this. Just because someone says something about you doesn't make it true. Okay, just because someone says something negative about you doesn't make it true. And what Timothy is dealing with and, and what he's struggling with right here is Timothy can, uh, is considered by most of the people in the church to be young. Now, some of you are gonna love this point because Timothy is between the age of 30 and 35, Bible scholars believe. And so the, 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 the church people, <clears throat> 
have issue with this and they're telling Timothy, well, you're too young. You're too young to do this. You're too young. You, can't, you shouldn't be a pastor. You shouldn't be the head of this because you're just too young. And this is where Timothy is vulnerable. This is where he's insecure. And so all of a sudden, Timothy, as a result, becomes a little timid. He becomes a little uh, shy, and that's why Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, God did not give you a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power of love and of a self-discipline. And here's the truth. Here's why I'm telling you all this is because you and I are very much like Timothy. All of us in this place, we have areas where we're insecure and we're vulnerable. We have areas where we are insecure and we are vulnerable. And can I tell you, sooner or later, if it's not happened, somebody is going to speak negatively into that insecurity and into that place where you are vulnerable. And you will start saying, and you will start, if you're not careful, you will let other people's perception of your life become the reality that makes your life. And if you and I, if we're not careful, we will let that become our reality. And many of us, we, we, are, 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 we kind of say stuff like this. Well, I'm not this. Well, I'm not that. Well, I'm too much like this. And these people say that I'm that. And these people have said this. And these people have said that. And, we, and the crazy thing, the crazy thing about you and me, I can tell you right now, if I said go back to mid-high and remember somebody that said something negative about you, every single one of you in this place can tell me. Because we hold on to other people's perception. And if we're not careful, we let that become our reality. For every teenager and every college student, man, this is a huge point, but, but hear me, this isn't for teenagers and this isn't just for college students. There are grown adults that you are allowing what other people have said about you. You have let their misconceptions and their misinterpretations of what you said or what you meant define the reality that is now your life. Let me tell you something. As your pastor, I may be the most, most um, confused, uh, taken the wrong way person that there has ever been that has walked into ministry. I, I'm just telling you from Bible college to now, <laughs> There are people that just like, ah, 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 ah. And I, I will tell you, every single one of you in this place, there's always gonna be negative people. There's always going to be haters. There's always gonna be people that just don't like you. And there's gonna be people that are just mean because they're just mean, and it's not about you. But you can't allow that to become your reality. So what, so what do we do? Well, let me give you some really good advice here from a theologian of our time, really well-known theologian. Um, we're gonna get real deep here, okay? Everybody ready to get deep? Say, it's gonna get deep. Deep, deep time. Um, the theologian's name is Taylor Swift, and we take it from a song that you have heard and moms you've danced to, Shake It Off. Because the player's gonna play, 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 play. And the haters gonna hate, 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 hate. But baby, I'm just gonna shake, 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 shake. I shake it off, shake it off. And then she says, heartbreaker's gonna break, 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 break. And the faker's gonna fake, 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 fake. But baby, I'm just gonna shake, 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 shake. I shake it off, shake it off. 
shake it up, shake it up, and break it, you know, and you break it down, and you're like, ah, you know, and when the clap comes, you're like, um, anyways, listen to me. There are going to be haters. There's gonna be people that are just, they, they're just mean. There's gonna be negativity. There's gonna be all these things. But hear me, you've got to do what Taylor, I can't believe I'm saying this right now, what Taylor Swift instructed. You literally have to shake it off. You have to leave it behind. You can't let it stick to you. Here's it, here it is. There's gonna be someone who says something negative about you. And the question that you have to answer is this, who's your anyone? Who's your anyone this morning? Because understand something, all of us have a somebody who is our anyone, who's looking down on us. It says this, 1 Timothy chapter four, verse 12, don't let anyone, and anyone means anyone, don't let anyone look down on you, think less of you because you are young, but set an example, but prove them wrong, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Don't live this life and go, I told you so. No, no, no. By your example, prove them wrong. Who's your, anyone? don't let anyone look down on you. Don't let anyone think less of you. This means whether people are close to you, man, it can be a parent, parent, listen to me, it can be your kids. Some parents are struggling in here with your grown kids. Or I'm gonna get personal for a second. Some of you parents in here, you're struggling with your teenage kids because they don't like you, but you were called to be their parent, not their friend first. And some of you, that's your anyone. Some of it, it's your parents. They're the ones that are looking down and they're always criticizing you. Some of it, it's your friends and they're always telling you why you can't do this and you'll never be this and you'll never do that. And some of you, this is crazy to me, but it's true. It's strangers. It's people back in high school and you're still holding on to it and that's become your reality and that's become your limit and that's become your lid. You can't allow Anyone, Paul is instructing Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you. But can I tell you, for some of us, you know who the anyone is? It's you. It's you. It's me. It's a person that you're looking at in the mirror every time. You're the anyone. Because here's what starts to happen. We hear this, don't let anyone look down on you. And we dare to compare, don't we? Dare to compare, and we, we say, well, if I was more like them, I'd be capable of God's reality becoming a reality in my life. Well, if I was more like them, maybe my life wouldn't look like this, and maybe it would look like that. And, and, and then the crazy thing is, to, to me, is we take, especially on social media, we take people's best that they put out in front of us and we compare it to our worst. And we think somewhere in the middle, somewhere that's reality. That's not, that's not reality. Reality is someone who takes a picture of one daughter throwing up in a toilet and one daughter throwing up in a, in a bucket um, because there's that, I did that not too long ago. That's reality. Casey's like, I'm like, boop, you know, they're throwing up. And all the moms are like, did Justin help clean up the throw up? Yes. But it's like, you gotta capture that. That's real life right there, you know? 
but we wanna compare. And anyone that's looking down is ourselves. This happened to me the other day. The other day I talked about a little bit a few weeks ago about um, I was asked to speak at ORU's chapel and it was an awesome, awesome, awesome privilege. And I remember when I was asked uh, to, to speak, I wanted to kind of check out their chapel services. And so I got online and um, that was my mistake because I looked at all the speakers that had been speaking before me. And some of them, um, I'll just give you a list of some of them. Christine Kane. all the ladies are like, oh man, um, I know, I know. Scott Wilson, Brian Houston, that's the pastor of Hillsong Church in Australia, the one that like, created worship. Anyways, um, <laughs> not, not, not for real, oh my goodness. Um, Marilyn Hickey, Jensen Franklin, Craig Rochelle, Reinhardt Bonk, I mean, and, and I'm, I'm looking at literally these giants, you know what I'm saying, that have written several books that have ginormous ministries, and then there's Justin Graves. <laughs> And when I would tell people, I, like, I, was, I was excited, and I said, man, I got, I got asked to speak at ORU, and they're like, really? And I'm like, well, yeah. And they're like, well, how? <laughs> you, know, you could see the why in their eyes. And I was just like, you know, and, and here's the deal, is that in that moment for a few weeks, I was like, what, what am I doing? What am I doing? I am so out of my league right now because I can't compete with them. I can't keep up with them. They're crazy awesome. And then it hit me when I'm in my bathroom and I've got this steak and some of you were here, you know, um, when we did our vampire series and I've got this steak on there that still says play for an audience of one. And can I tell you, the way you don't let anyone look down on, on you, think less of you, you don't live your life for them. You don't live your life for yourself. You were never created to live your life for the masses or for yourself. You were created to live your life for him, to please him, to glorify him. If you're going to see his calling and his purpose become a reality for you, you cannot let anybody, including yourself, look down on you, and the only time that has power is when you start living for them instead of him. You were called to live for an audience of one. Who's your anyone this morning? Because here's what happens. When we start living our life for anyone, we start ne neglecting the gift that God has put in us. And can I tell you, and I, I charge all of you with this, is that don't neglect what you should perfect. Don't neglect what you and I should perfect. I, I'll say this, um, when you start listening and you become more consumed with what people think of you more than what God thinks of you and asks of you, you are in trouble and you will live a very limited and frustrated life. I'm gonna say that again because it's really good and somebody needs to hear it. When you and I start listening and becoming more concerned with what people think of you more than what God thinks of you and asks of you, you are in trouble and you will live a very frustrated life and the, 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 the fallout becomes we start neglecting what we should instead be perfecting. The gifts that, God has put gifts inside each and every single one of us. He's made you good at things. He's, he didn't put those giftings in there by accident. He's put those in there so you can perfect them. The other day, um, 
my daughter was riding her bike. And we got Charlie a new bike, and this is her old bike because her new bike won't fit in there. And so this is now Chloe's bike because that's how it works. Um, and so we were, we were riding, and um, she got this new bike, and it's way bigger because, like, when she was pedaling, her knees were, like, up by her ears. I was like, I think it's time for a new bike, Casey. Um, and she's riding her bike, and we're going, and she's trying to get used to it, and I'm not kidding. We're coming back, like, towards the end of it, and she goes and makes this turn, and Bam, crashes right into a mailbox. I'm like, boom, bends her basket on her front thing. I'm like, oh, you know, and I get there and she's laughing, everything's great. I'm like, this is why you dress like a linebacker when you ride a bike now, after I made fun of it, you know, and she's laughing and everything was great. And, and here's what happened. She had fallen, she had, you know, had wiped out and everything and, and I get the bike up and I get her back on it and she's like this, she goes, dad, I just, I just wanna walk home. Now, if you know me, that gets all over me. I'm like, oh no! I'm like, no, no, I mean, like people started coming out of there. I'm like, oh no, you're riding this bike home. I'm like, we're, we're, we're gonna get better at this because this is your, this is a green and tan cruiser. I am not, I, this is not my bike. This is your bike, you know? And so we got on and we started perfecting and we started getting better at what she was riding. And can I tell you, many of us, it's just like that. We fail. We get hurt. Somebody says something critical about us and we just want to neglect what we should perfect. We want to just quit it. Well, it's just not worth it. It's not worth the pain. It's not worth the heartache. I don't see anything happening. They're being mean. They're saying this. They're saying that. And here's what Paul said. He said, don't let anybody look down on you because you are young, but be an example. Prove them wrong. And he says this in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. He says, don't neglect your gift which you were given through prophecy, even the body of elders laid their hands on you. And this is why he says in 2 Timothy 1, verse 6, man, to fan into flames the spiritual gifts you received. And hear me, he's telling Timothy all this stuff because it's just at that point in ember. And it could have easily gone out. And, and hear me, some of you, that's you. Man, your gifting that God has put in you, it's at an ember because of all the criticism because of other people's perception of you, because of the things you've been hanging, because you've been living life to please everyone except the one. And today, you're here and you're frustrated and you're aggravated. And I would tell you, man, fan into flames the gifts that God has put in you. Can I tell you, for all, for all of our older people here, there's not an age limit on your giftings. There's not a retirement when it comes to God's kingdom. It doesn't say, oh, you're 65, done, <laughs> done, you're good. I, I, no, 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 that's not in the Bible. Fan into flames the gifts that God has put in. He put them there for a reason. Fan them into something bigger and greater. And some of you, it's about to go out. But can I tell you, if the, if, the, if the perception that God has of you and says of you that you can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives you strength, that that's going to become a reality, you've got to perfect what you should be perfecting. You should nurture the gifts that God has put inside of you. If the perception that God has of you that, that man, not only can you do all things through Christ who gives you strength, but Jeremiah 29 11 says, I know the plans I have for you 
plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a bright and glorious future. If that's gonna become a reality, man, you've got to fan the flame, you've got to nurture and you should perfect what you should be perfecting and ignoring what you need to be ignoring. Man, you and I, we've got to perfect the gifts that God has put inside of us. We can't wait until the moment because if that's the case, the moment's it's gonna be too late. So this feeds into my last point, and man, I love this point. I would tell you this, become determined to do the work. Become determined and do the work. In our churches and in our society right now, we want the reward without the work. We want the glory without the practice. But that's not how it works. It's not how it works in life, that's not how it works in sports, and that's not how it works in God's kingdom. Here, here's what Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.15. Out of the Amplified Version, it says, practice and work hard on these things. Practice and work hard on these things. You gotta work for it. You gotta do where you gotta be determined that you are gonna practice and work hard on the things that God has called you to practice and work hard on these things. Be absorbed in them, completely occupied in your ministry. Do you know you, every single one of you, have a ministry that God has called you to? It is not a ministry that's necessarily up on stage or in this church, but we all are called to do ministry out there. That's what ministry is. And, 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 and Paul is saying this, practice and work hard on these things. Be absorbed in them, completely occupied in your ministry so that your progress will be evident to all. Practice and work hard. Now, I, I've, I hear a lot of times when I do a message like this, especially if you've been coming recently. Well, Justin, you, you, it's easy for you to say you don't know failure. Oh, man. You don't know what it is to be criticized. Oh, man. You don't know what it is for people to be mean to you. I, shut up. You know, um, let me share just a little bit from my first church experience. Um, my first church experience, I'm coming, I've been in ministry 19 years, which is, wow. Um, struggling with a little bit of age uh, things right now. But um, as uh, 19 years at my first ministry position was in the Dallas metro area, and I'm gonna try to keep this as vague as possible so I don't embarrass anybody or call the pastor out, um, even though I wanna say his name so bad right now. Um, but his name was Pastor Jackson, and uh, he's no longer at the church anymore, but I got hired my last semester of college, seminary, and uh, went into uh, part-time ministry until I graduated, and it would be a full-time gig and full-time position. And so um, I, I got in there, and man, it was awesome. It was great. It was everything I wanted. And as a college student, you're wanting to set the world on fire. I mean, your pants are on fire. You're just wanting to go, 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 do, do, do. And it's going to be awesome and great and awesome. I mean, just incredible. And I get in there. Everything's great. And me and Casey get engaged. And I mean, everything is positive. And then I come on full-time. And me and Casey get married. And my pastor turns into a monster. And 
All of a sudden, I have to be at work at six in the morning till 10 at night. Um, that's not good for your marriage, by the way, um, especially if you're a newlywed. Um, six to 10, there was no day off. Saturday was a work day. Um, it, he wanted to see my sermon notes before I preached them. Um, he, it was, I, I aerated his yard. At, he would ask me to do stuff at like eight o'clock, and I may have cussed all the way through aerating his yard. I'm not sure. Um, but I, I remember, and it was just, I mowed his yard. I, I, it, it, was, it was insane. It was insane. And I remember going to him and saying, Pastor, you know, this, I, we, I, I could be honest, I can't do this. Me and Casey cannot do this and have a marriage and we just can't make it. And I remember him clearly looking at me and saying, if you can't make it here, you can't make it anywhere. If you can't make it in ministry here, you'll never make it in ministry, Justin. And I remember after that meeting, he wrote me a two-page letter, which we were cleaning out our attic this week and found this. And I was like, that is crazy. Two-page letter of how bad I stunk. <laughs> of how horrible I was. And it came to the place, nothing got better, things just got worse. And so I looked at Casey, I'm like, man, if this is ministry, forget it. We can't do it. And I went in and told him that I was resigning, and he said, okay, if that's how it's gonna be, you won't show up next Sunday and you'll just be gone. You won't tell the students bye, you'll just leave. And it made it look like we had a moral failure. But he did have the decency to get up and read a letter that I didn't write um, to the church body about how I left for more money in a bigger church. Now, let me say, that was, we were hurt, we were burned. I was burnt out and I wasn't even in ministry a year. And that's where my low point was. And can I tell you, some of you, that's where you are. And in that middle of that low point, at that moment where you are, you've got to live out this verse too. I mean this second point. You've got to come to the place where other people's perception of you, you do not allow that to become the reality that becomes your life and you become determined and you do the work. I would tell you this, is that you cannot stay at chapter 49 of your life, you've got to move on to chapter 50. And some of you, you are in chapter 49. Let me make sense of this. Isaiah 49 verse four, Isaiah says this, I replied, but my work seems so useless and I've spent my strength for nothing and to no purpose. Yet, I'll leave it all in the Lord's hand and I will trust God for my reward. And some of you, this is where you are. Verse four just is you. You feel like you spent your strength for nothing and to no purpose. You're here and you've fallen off the bike and people have said things and perception seems to be reality and you feel like you have spent your strength to no purpose and your strength for nothing and this is it and you just want to stay down and you want to lay down but can I tell you that's the very moment you can't stay there. You have to get up and you have to move to verse 50, chapter 50 because it says this in Isaiah 50 verse 7, because the sovereign Lord helps me 
name. Not because it's dependent on me, but because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a stone, determined to do his will, and I know that I will not be put to shame. I have set my face like stone, and I'm determined to do his will. I know that I will not be put to shame because it's not dependent on you. It's not dependent on me. Parents, you may feel like you've spent your energy on nothing and to no purpose, and you're there, and you just want to stop, but don't you stay in chapter 49. Get up and move to chapter 50 and realize and get determined to do the work in your midst of your chapter 49 moment. Some of you here, your marriage is falling apart. Your business is falling apart. All your life, you've worked for all this, and it's just vanished, and you feel like, man, all my life has been for nothing and for no purpose, and my strength has been for nothing, but can I tell you, get determined and do the work that God has in front of you, and don't let verse chapter 49 be the reality of your life, because check this out. In Isaiah 49, verse 8, it says this. This is what the Lord says. At just the right time, <laughs> I will respond to you. And I'm closing with this. Can I tell you? At just the right time, I will respond to you. The right time isn't always your time. That's, that, that's so big, <laughs> if you can get this. Because I'm gonna preach right now. The right time isn't always your time. It's his time. And he says, if it's really dependent on God, like Isaiah's saying here, and, and Paul is saying to Timothy, man, just dedicate, work hard, practice and work hard on what God has called you to. It's not working out, so I feel like all my life has been spent for nothing, all my strength and everything has been spent for nothing. But if it's really dependent on God, can I tell you, he has a right time, but you're responsible for the meantime. And so what are you gonna do with the meantime? What are you gonna do with the chapter 49 of your life? How are you gonna live it out? Are you gonna listen to the anybody's that say, well, this is why that's happening. This is why life's so hard. This is why it says, or are you gonna shut out the haters? Are you gonna shake it off? And are you gonna nurture and are you gonna perfect what you should be perfecting? Are you gonna step into the chapter 50 that God has to you? Because you know there's a right time coming. So since you know there's a right time that God's responding, you can be determined to do his will. You you can be tenacious, you can be stubborn, and you can set your face like a stone that I'm not gonna be shaken, I'm not gonna be distracted, I'm not gonna be deterred, but I'm gonna step into what God has called me. I'm gonna be able to let the reality be what he has called it to be, what he's called me to do to become the reality that I live out. That only happens if you don't stay down, but you do something with your meantime. Man, God wants to do something in your life. So what do you do? Do you listen to the anybody's or do you do what Paul instructed Timothy? That if we're gonna live lives that are honoring God, we don't let anybody look down on us, but <laughs> be an example. Prove them wrong. Live your 49 out like it's chapter 50 and be determined. Set your face like a stone. Be determined. Even though my marriage may be failing, I'm determined 
still do the will of God. Even though finances, man, are, are hurting, I'm still determined to do what God has called me to. Even though, college students, you've spent four to five years, and now it seems like nothing, and you're at verse 49, and there's no option, I'm still determined to do the will of God. Man, step into the bigness, because at the right time, at the right time, he'll respond. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. And God, I ask right now <laughs> that you'd speak to our hearts and our lives. With heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're here this morning, man, we, we, we're going to do something at the very end of service. So, man, no games this morning. If this is you, you say, Justin, I, I, I've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. We want to give you that chance. If you're here and you say, Justin, you know what? I'm just not where I need to be in my relationship with him and I need to recommit my life. When I get to three, if that's you, right when I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand and we're gonna lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, three. Is there someone here you say, Justin, that's me. There's one hand, there's two hands. Is there anyone? Yeah, there's three, there's four. Is there anyone else? You join these four hands that are lifted in this place today. You say, Justin, that's me today. And I wanna join these four hands that are lifted. Yeah, I see you. Is there anyone else? Five hands. Is there anyone else? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that your grace and love would enter my life. I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Can we give these five individuals a raise their hand a huge round of applause, yeah. Hey, if you just raise your hand, if you do this for us, um, text response to, to the number 24587. We would love to send some information right to your phone. Or even better, if you would take time and go to our Connect Center. Man, we would love to meet you, help you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Anything that we can do at all to help serve you. Um, here's how I want to close service. I'm going to ask Kevin and Kelly Jones, would you come down to the front? We're going to pray for people this morning. Uh, Michael Ballard, if you'd come. Adam and Nadia, if you guys would come. Um, I'm going to be down here as well. And I'm going to ask everybody just to stand across the auditorium. If everybody will stand here. Here's the deal. If you're at chapter 49 in your life, I, I'm just going to ask you to simply, man, humble yourself and to lean on your church and let us agree with you in prayer that you would function in the meantime, that while you're waiting for God to respond at the right time, that you wouldn't just be pitiful, but you would be powerful because you can't be both. You're one or the other. And so this morning, if you're there, Shannon's gonna lead us in worship, but if you're there, would you just come? Don't wait for anybody else, man. We'll stay here as long as we need to to pray, and Shannon will dismiss us just in a second. But if you need prayer this morning, you're at chapter 49, and you say, man, I, I've been letting the anybody's, I've been letting the, the other people's perception become my reality, and man, I need God to do something in my life. We would love, love to pray with you this morning. Let's worship the Lord. Well, let's sing it today.
We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.